the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. possible can it be for some people it's the lucky number 13 this is the 13th episode can i still call it new in our new podcast the battle for 1600 co-hosted by my good friend regular guest on my daily radio show america first my former white house colleague now on the advisory board for the trump 2020 campaign we call him the baron he is boris epstein boris are you there i am right here You sound very close, very close indeed. By the wonders of technology, even in the era of COVID craziness, we are connecting with the Baron. Oh, my gosh. We have so much to discuss. Um, My my producer, Jeff, always says, all news is good news. He wants me in the news. He wants me roughhousing with punks like Brian Karem in the Rose Garden. He wants us to be in the news. I think this podcast was in the news, Boris, wasn't it? It was. It was. We uh, we made some news. We uh, ruffled some feathers. Let's put it that way. Uh, you. What was tr- our sin? What was our great sin, Boris? What uh, did we you, commit last week? You triggered some people. We both. Were, I think it was a mutual triggering event. We triggered people, well, which we do a lot. Let's be honest. The, <laughs> the left are not big fans of us. Most of the media are not big fans of us. The uh, so-called uh, never-Trumpers, definitely not big fans oh, of us. Oh, yes. They so, hated it. Hated it. So there was a triggering because we dared, dared to speak of masculinity and dared of sp- to, uh, to speak of men and women who are comfortable in their own skin. And real men, manly How- men. They couldn't stand it. We discussed manly men. And who did we make the mistake of calling a manly man? Well, I don't think we called him a manly man. I think we, we probably said as far from the opposite of that as possible, which is your best friend and mine, Brian Tater Stelter. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about the fact. I mean, he just flipped, and and the the mainstream media, especially the Never Trumpers, couldn't take it. But but our, our greatest problem, I think, we we should. I think it's weird when people do that. But we could have played the audio of our own show. It's when we talked about who likes the president. Oh, of remember course. and Wait, why so the cool kids, the cool kids like the president, and why they like the president, and why real men like the president because he's the quintessence of an alpha male, and that was it. That was our big, big sin, wasn't it? How could we? How could we talk about somebody who's strong, who delivers on his promises, who stands up there in front of the American people and tells it like it is? How could we do it? We should be praising people who crawl in their beds and cry. Like, <laughs> like we mean, like Stelty? Like Brian T. 
Peter Stelter. Let's be clear. We're not making this up, guys. We have our feet firmly planted in the real world. Both Boris and I. Check out our Twitter feeds. Check us out. It's Boris EP. It's Seb Gorker on Twitter. And we're talking about the fact that uh, just over a week ago, on a Saturday night, Brian Stelter, the blogger who has a show on CNN, proudly posted about how he went to bed crying for the pre-coronavirus age. Um, strange, no, Boris? Good night, Brian. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sleepy sleep, Brian. Yeah, Brian Stelter continues to be, I think, one of the worst offenders in what is a huge army of terrible offenders from mainstream media. He is completely left behind any semblance of reporting on the media, which is what he's supposed to do, according to his job title, whatever that may be, and the you know, couple of handful of folks who watch him. And he just put all he does on his show, on his pathetic Twitter account, on his blog or, or newsletter, whatever it is, is whine about President Trump. Even others at CNN now are catching on to the fact that the Tara Reid accusations against yes. Joe Biden are real. They are real. They are corroborated. There's been more corroboration since we spoke last week. But Brian Stelter, on his show on Sunday, did he talk about it? Did he talk about how Joe Biden is now hiding, hiding Biden again? Let, let nope. Me, Stelter no. did none of those things. Let me All he did was, as usual, whine. And as you taught me, my dear friend, that I could say this, <laughs> bitch and moan. <laughs> On the podcast, you can say bitch and moan. And yes, that's all he does. Let me, some radio hosts are very um, protective. They never mention any other radio show. I'm not like that. I love my colleagues on Salem. And also I recognize those on other stations, other programs who I've listened to for years and who are doing great, great work. And let me share with you what I heard on my friend Chris Plant's show this morning. It was from a caller of his. And it really is the metric, the yardstick. A caller to Chris's show on WMAL said, I have one test. I would like any Democrat, any host on CNN, any, Republic, any uh, representative in the House who has the letter D behind their name, give us the name of one accuser, just one accuser who has accused a Democrat of sexual assault or rape, who they believe, and one accuser of a Republican who they don't believe. Just one. Because I can't think of one. Isn't that a great test, Boris? It's a great test. And what we are seeing in this country right now is the crumbling before our eyes of this Me Too movement. Yes. And in some ways, it's sad. In some ways, it shows the hypocrisy of it. Let's be clear. There are, no question, there are predators out there. Harvey Weinstein, Hillary Clinton's best friend, right. is a bad person. Yeah. Okay? He's a criminal. No, he needs to he rot did, in hell. He needs to rot in hell, rot in jail, which is what he'll do. Okay? No doubt about it. But the fact that this movement has been, been co-opted by the left politicians and used as a cudgel against good people like Justice Kavanaugh yeah. is what's coming back to boomerang on the Democrats on the left right now. Because here's the thing. You know, people say, well, this isn't in Joe Biden's character at all. Really? Yeah. Being, being very peculiar, being very, I don't know. Can you say perverted? I think it's perverted Touchy. to sniff women's hair, the children's hair in Ugh, public. Weird. 
Yeah, just very strange. And, and let's look. This is the battle for sixteen hundred podcast. This is about the presidential election in one hundred eighty-seven days. Um, let's talk about the strange, strange incident whereby we now know that in nineteen ninety-three, Tara Reid, who was a staffer for Joe Biden, Senator Joe Biden, who says she was sexually assaulted by the senator told not only people at the time who she worked with and who were friends of hers, one neighbor has already confirmed it, her mother found out. And in 1993, her mother called in to the Larry King live show on a program that was about how you deal with these kinds of incidences in Capitol on Capitol Hill in right. Washington. What, what are the modes? How can you protect people who are victims? Her mother calls in, asks the question, said her, her daughter suffered, tried to complain, nothing happened. And when we went this week to the CNN official archive of all the episodes of the Larry King show that was stored there, only one was missing. Now, the internet is a wonderful thing because we found the video. We played it on my radio show, America First. But the only video that the official CNN archive had missing was that day's show. How peculiar, Boris, no? It is very peculiar. It is, it is strange how CNN has handled it. Yeah. Now, a, a little credit where credit is due. Last couple of days, Chris Saliza even wrote about it, the, uh, the Biden thing today. So CNN has been effectively backed into having to cover the story. Right. But they are weeks too late. And they have, they, they have a whole group called the K-File, which yes. unearths things that people have said or tweeted in their backgrounds. Right. And they couldn't unearth a video from their own network, from their own files, from their own coffers. I mean, they, they have a vault. Right, CNN is often they produce these these packages or produce these shows, and they say, you know, they show CNN from the Gulf War. Right, CNN, you know, they've, I mean, goodness gracious, they've done the 60s, 70s, 80s, right? They've done the shows, yes, the Cold War. They did the Cold War show, right? They did yeah. the Ronald Reagan show. I mean, yeah. they have their own footage that they show. I mean, not from as far back as the 60s, but they have their own footage, definitely from the 80s and absolutely from the 90s. So you're telling me that somebody couldn't go through this vault even though they knew that this show was out there, they knew the approximate date, and it had to be left to the intercept, I believe, to go and yes. do that? Yes, the so intercept, correct. There, there's obviously an issue, and the issue here is this. It has been largely, at the beginning, the left so pro-Bernie Sanders outlets, you know, sort of call them the populist left, Yes. That have been really, that have been focusing on the story. And the mainstream left, which is most of mainstream media, let's be honest, have been ignoring it. And they've been ignoring it for one very, very, very specific reason. Yeah. Because Joe Biden has a D next to his name. Well, and because at the moment he is the presumptive nominee Num for the presidency and uh, for the presidential race. And that's why we're here on the podcast for the battle for 1600 let's get to the latest developments just yesterday uh hillary clinton who um hrc, HRC. crooked crooked yes sorry crooked hillary of course let's stick to the the branding that works endorsed joe biden in a very strange video event where <laughs> joe <laughs> this is again not exactly an alpha male move where where he he begins 
his response to her endorsement by saying, and I'm sad that really this video should be about me endorsing you for your second term in office. Oh, Joe. <laughs> it's Really? Okay. Well, here's Joe's problem. He slept through the first part. <laughs> he doesn't know who, pre- who the president is. Have you seen the video? I mean, there's video of during this endorsement. When he fell asleep. He fell asleep. Hillary Clinton is droning on. And I, I don't blame Joe. Of course. Joe. I mean, it's understandable. But I this don't guy blame wants to be president. She, you, know, she's got the, you know, she's got the school teacher outfit. Okay. She's sitting there. She's lecturing the country about this and that and how important it is to wash your hands. Or, you know, to do your homework, whatever it is that she's doing. I mean, she continues her mean middle school, high school teacher approach. And in the meantime, Joe Biden's sitting there and he's got a nice pocket square. And he's actually put together pretty well. But then you look at him, you're like, is he read? Oh, no, he's not reading. <laughs> Uncle Joe's sleeping. He's not texting. He's having a little snooze. Like, well, come on. Joe, I mean, Joe, I don't think Joe Biden knows how to text quite yet. Joe Biden just figured out you could have a conference call. <laughs> Said, this again, I, this is not hyperbole. He no. said, I've been told we can get on a call where there's people from different sides of the, different parts of the country. This is not a joke. We know this. He just three weeks ago had internet put into his basement. A man who wants to run the Western world as president. He wants to be the hand of the administration. The man with his finger on the trigger just got internet in his basement. Uh, let me ask you, you, you are the person who knows campaigns You've worked in the White House along with me. Now you're an advisor for the Trump 2020 uh, campaign. What, what is the political difference that an endorsement from Hillary Clinton makes? For me, that would be the kiss of death. Uh, does it make a difference on the left? Would, would, okay, let me put it like this. Who's going to vote for Joe Biden now who wouldn't have voted for him because the woman who failed egregiously in 2016 said, he's my man. Maybe the pantsuit maker? <laughs> uh, but in, in all seriousness, it tells you something that they rolled it out on a random Tuesday in April. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Right. You know, I will have to give it to Hillary, though. You know, Crooked's endorsement was actually more emotional than, than Barack Obama's endorsement of Joe Biden. I thought when, when Obama was, I thought he was going to fall asleep. Yeah. Here, you know, Hillary, thought, oh, this is my moment. I'm, I'm, I'm finally of the national spotlight. Oh, no, you're not the president. No, oh, no. you're right. His was incredibly low energy. Very not, low energy. Not, it was a, a, you know, a, a non-endorsement endorsement. I think you're right. I think she was just excited to be back in front of a camera um, and, and modestly relevant for a few seconds. And Joe Biden was obviously very excited to have her endorsement. That's why he stayed so vibrant, vivacious. No, sleepy the whole time. Sleepy Joe. I mean, Sleepy Joe literally falls asleep during a televised endorsement. That's almost like Crooked Hillary bleaching her email server on TV, okay? He, Joe Biden, it's very rare that somebody lives up to their moniker on camera. Okay, and Sleepy Joe did it, and you got to hand it to him. Okay, they, it's also been a year since he's been running. I did, I, I put a part of this on my morning newsletter today, Breakfast with Boris. It's been a year, and there's been a, a lot of gaffes. It's been a bad year. The time when Joe Biden didn't remember that Super Tuesday was on a uh, Tuesday. Uh, that, that, that wasn't a good one. The time when Joe Biden didn't remember that he was running for president and said he's running, said he's running for Senate. Senate. 
Uh, the time that Joe Biden confused his sister and his wife wasn't so good either. So Joe Biden has had a horrific year running for president. And let me tell you, if he sticks this out, the next six months are going to be worse. But here's the thing, and this is sort of what we're getting at, right? These terror read accusations, the gaffes, the falling asleep, the, the random moments of just not saying anything when the cameras are rolling, Joe Biden is effectively screaming to the Democratic Party, get me off this ticket. Yes. Which get is, me off this ticket. Well, he's, ne- he's, is, never, he's, he's never been excited about this. No. And so, now his, his actions and even these allegations, okay, if he wants to be president, if he believes he should be president, why isn't he tackling these head on? All the, all, all the Biden campaign is doing is spinning an old New York Times story. And even the New York Times came out today and said, hey, you're spinning our story. We never, we, we never said you weren't guilty. But, they, but the New York Times was caught red-handed. Of course. Changing that story. Yes. Saying, apart from, you know, the inappropriate touching, whatever, kissing. blah, 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 kissing, we found no evidence. Well, what are you talking about? That's so the evidence. Put- just for our, for, for our listeners and the viewers, right? So they put that in. The New York Times put in, a, put in a sentence that said, this pattern of behavior has not been found in Joe Biden before, except for the times when he's made women feel uncomfortable and right. touching and kissing, etc. Then all of a sudden that sentence miraculously disappears. And the New York Times admitted that they did that because the Biden campaign complained. Let me tell you something. I dealt with the media a lot when I was on the campaign in 16 dealt with them in the White House, deal with them now. If you think that if the Trump campaign or the Trump White House calls the New York Times and at any point we've said, hey, don't put this in, yeah. they are 10 times more likely to put it in. Right. But if it's Joe Biden, oh, well, listen, we have to get rid of orange man bad, right? We ha- That's how they think. Oh, well, we have to get rid of Donald Trump, so you know what? We'll just take it real easy on Joe. But even with all that, today, the New York Times is saying that they did not exonerate Joe Biden. And by the way, kind of a weak thing by Joe Biden to try to do, right? Oh, don't worry about the ongoing D.C. investigation into the terror read accusations. Don't worry about the fact that this is being looked into by investigative reporters. There's a three-week-old New York Times story that said that I wasn't guilty, so you should trust me. And the pathetic thing— But but this is what Stacey Abrams said. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say that. Sorry. The, the Go path- ahead. Ex- you're exactly right. The pathetic thing is that th- these Democrat VP wannabes are jumping on board with that. I mean, you had Stacey Abrams, who's just, oh my, I- I've never seen somebody lobby this hard for a VP. I've never seen somebody lobby this hard for any job. She's telling everybody, oh, I want to be the VP nominee. Why? And even there was a Democratic, a Democratic elected official that said, hey, you don't bring loser tickets to the winner's window, okay? You lost. <laughs> Your campaign's being investigated. But, but, so just but, but let's just do the reverse. Imagine during the middle, middle of the, you know, the Justice uh, Kavanaugh hearings, if, if any uh, Republican politician had said, well, you know what? I mean, if there was an article three weeks ago in the Washington Times um, – and cleared the, the, the judge, well, there you go. I mean, he, that person would have been laughed out of the media. Ridiculed. And there, were, and there were articles, and there were investigations, and there was a complete lack of corroboration. But no, Brian Stelter had Michael Avenatti, and Michael <laughs> Avenatti, the convict, convicted criminal, told everybody right. that there's credible evidence by, by somebody who 
it seems just made, it totally made it up. But you know what? That was good enough for most of the mainstream media. They wrote the stories. They did the segments on TV. But with Joe Biden, he had been getting a pass. But the thing is, the thing is, Seb, that that pass is ending. CNN is covering the story now. Well, the this is the question I need to ask you. So right. how, given your experience, given what we've seen in the double standards on the left when it comes to guilty before proven innocent for Republicans, always innocent for Democrats, is Joe Biden in trouble now or not? I think he's in the beginning of trouble. Yeah. I don't think he's in the depths of trouble, but you're seeing a lot now being written. The New York Magazine, The Cut, Rebecca Traster, who's, you know, totally left-wing writer, wrote, all, wrote a long article about how it's the Joe Biden trap because these are credible allegations. Oh, she's completely triggered by the president, so now she's got no idea what to do. The point is, it's, it, this is going to really de-energize Democrats, right? And, it's going to, it, it, and you don't want a demoralized base trying to win an election, and that's what so they th- have. This is, and this Joe is, Biden already wasn't energetic. Right. Already you've wasn't you've already got an enthusiasm problem. Correct. And now those who are maybe unsure are going to say, yeah, maybe he's not my guy. So that, that's significant on polling day. Very significant. So the Democrats have to be thinking, is this, is this really our guy? It's the guy who literally falls asleep on camera? The guy who doesn't know what state he is in? The guy doesn't know what day it is? And finally, the guy with a credible sexual assault allegation that no matter how you try to spin it, if you think that inappropriately touching somebody doesn't fit in Joe Biden's character, well, go check the videotape. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. I, I have personal, I've witnessed it. I, I, as I've told you, I've seen him be, you know, very dis- disturbingly perverse uh, with my own eyes. With, with... No, you never told me that. Tell me. Oh, really? Okay, so no. h- here's the story. Here we go. First, um, first-hand account, everybody. I, I was in a resort that really isn't my cup of tea, very Tony resort, but we have relatives who invite us there. And I Where went, was it? Where was it? Uh, we'll not disclose that. But, okay. But I'll tell you in studio. Fine. Um, and fancy, I'm sure. this resort has a an outfitters. It's it's just a jeans store, right? It's just a regular jeans store where every two years I get my Levi's jeans. I like my, you know, I like the stores. I, I frequent local stores. It's not a chain. It's a local to the village. Every two years I get my 501s and my 510s. And I went in there, what was it, three summers ago to see my, my buddy and, and check out if he had my size. And I get in there and Biden's... In the middle of the store, standing in the aisle, and he's got two young girls next to him, and uh, you know clearly big Democrat family, and the grandfather is taking a photograph of the two girls, and the girls may, must have been about twelve, ten or twelve years old. And Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's not in private; he's not in the White House; he's not on some you know secured location. He's in a store, and I'm there, and other customers are there. And as the granddaddy is taking photographs of Biden with the two little girls, with his arms around them, Biden says, in a normal voice, not whispering, Hey, granddaddy, I hope you've got a high wall around your home. And and you just go, you know, you had a reputation back then, Biden. Could you be more tone deaf if you tried? When was this? This was three years ago in the summer. Uh, it's crazy. just stunning that I really think some of these people have no sense of reality and they really think that they walk on water. 
It's not surprising. It's not surprising. Can't believe it's, I didn't tell you that. I, I've never heard it. And yeah. from you never told me that. And and yes, that's who he is. That, that yeah. that's just right. that's Joe Biden. I mean, you look at the pictures. He's you know s- s- sniffling up to to girls. He was and who look uncomfortable. Women. The little girls do not want creepy sleepy Joe to do that. No. And if I'm a father, I would never. If I you know, if I have a son, if I had a daughter, I would never want. I would never want that. And and here's the bigger issue for Joe. It is, and, and again, to go back sort of to a legal perspective here too, mo modus operandi matters. Yes, when you're looking track at record trends. Correct. So does he have a trend of inappropriate touching of inappropriate right. action? Is, yes, is, he is, does, is, is, and I think this hurts him. Is he Mike Pence who won't go out? for dinner with another woman unless his wife is present or is he a man who we've got photographic evidence of for decades being inappropriate in public with children and the wives of other men unbelievable hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, what you know with everything that's gone on last four years the vice president pence looks pretty and people ridicule them <laughs> you, know, you know what i got in policy. trouble you, you know one of my tweets that went made the left go ballistic got a lot of eyeballs and i, I, I it was so delicious um, when Harvey Weinstein was arrested, finally, and I tweeted out, um, maybe Harvey Weinstein should have followed Michael Pence's rules for um, being seen with women in public. It's true. And the left exploded that I was using a righteous man's own value system to make a point about a sexual abuser. They couldn't stand it. But that's the difference, isn't it? 100%. 100%. That is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with real hypocrisy yes. in this country. Yeah. We're dealing with a sharp divide between how the right is treated and how the left is treated. Yeah. And at one time, that it seemed that the divide was sort of broached was with Al Franken. Because his friend, his friend yes. Kirsten Gillenbrand, Senator Gillenbrand from New York, threw him under the bus. But now, guess who Gillenbrand very emotionally and forcefully endorsed in the last couple of days. Yeah, I know. Joe Biden. Incredible. So how can, how can Senator Gillenbrand look herself in the face? How could she look herself in the mirror and say, hey, I'm, I'm an honest person? She can't yeah. because she is somebody who absolutely, Gillenbrand, went after Al Franken. Yeah. He was a colleague and a, and a fellow Democrat and by the way, a wacky, terrible senator. She went after him for you know very disturbing pictures and actions, and it's you know up to Franken and everybody else to decide whether he should have resigned or not. But if she went after him for that, this accusation is miles worse, multiples, than, and and corroborated and and corroborated. corroborated. Um, so it's it's they have a real issue, and just to finish on this, they yeah. have a real problem. It's not going to get better. Because here's, what, here's what's next. Joe Biden has skated by on this. He's done a lot of interviews. They haven't asked him about it. It's usually, oh, Joe, you know, you look handsome when you're not sleeping. And, you know, you're good, <laughs> when you're, you're good on, the, on the stump at interacting with people, which, by the way, is a canard. That's not even true. He's not no. actually good at it. He gets angry. No, he gets angry. Right. He's no longer going to be able to do that stuff. He is no longer going to be able to skate by. I so think – I make a prediction right now. I, I don't go usually ahead. do this. I go think ahead. right now, um, within a couple of days, he has to make a public statement about this. What do you he think? has to. Yeah, I think he has he to. He has to. And it's got to be a put-together public statement. It can't be a joke. And if, a, if it's a public statement that denigrates Tara Reid, he's got a problem. Yes. So 
what's going to happen now is every time he does an interview, no matter where it is, even on MSNBC or on NBC or CNN, unless it's with like a joke like Joy Reid, he's going to have to be asked about this. Yeah. Unless it's with Brian Stelter, okay? Yeah. But if it's with anybody serious, even half serious, even a quarter serious, <laughs> he's going to have to be asked about this. Good luck going on. You think Chuck Todd's not going to ask? He's going to be forced to ask. Yeah. He's going to have to ask. It's going to happen. Vice President Biden, what happened in 1993? How do you respond to these corroborated allegations? Yeah. And what's it's- he going to say? We shall see. We shall see. He might get angry or he might try and brush it off. We're talking to my good friend, Boris Epstein. He is, of course, a member of the advisory board of the Trump 2020 campaign. You can get his weekly briefings at breakfastwithboris.com. Follow him on Twitter, Boris EP. My account, Seb Gorka, as well on Twitter. Um, I want to close the show with a a very important issue that has to do with with New York and what's been going on with regard to COVID. But before we get to that, Boris... um, yeah, we got time. I mean, we, I, these things always go so fast. Right? I know. That's why our listeners I want know. us to go longer. I know. We got to start it earlier in the day. Um, let's talk about somebody else who thought they would be president. We have Swalwell, <laughs> not President Swalwell. We have an audio cut from uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, and it, it's just stunning. Um, it has to do with the president's recent coronavirus briefing and how the media and the left responded to it. It's a short audio cut. Uh, This is what somebody who thought they should be president is saying about the current commander-in-chief. Amy Klobuchar, cut 11. I just think um, so many people watch the the president. He's a leader of our country. And when you see him, whether he's joking or not, literally looking at people and saying, basically implying, oh, you can chug bleach. Looking at people and saying you can chug bleach. Is, is, does any public figure have the right to make as irresponsible a statement as that senator just did? No. Looking at people and basically implying. So what are you actually saying, Amy Klobuchar? That the president did say it? No, you're saying he didn't say it. You're saying he's basically implying? No, he didn't. Not even close was he implying that. Not even close. But what does this this indicate in terms of their moral or their lack of moral compass in in, in their capacity to say whatever it takes to hurt the president? Interesting. Explain that. It indicates desperation. The left sees the strength of President Trump. The left sees that President Trump is leading this country and has led the country through the worst of this crisis. We are now over the hump. I think we could safely say that. I hope I'm not wrong, of course. I'm not a scientist, neither are you. But look at all the numbers. Look at everything we're dealing with. It looks like it, that we are over the hump. And the president has stood tall. He's worked hard. He's worked with governors of both parties. You yes. had Gavin Newsom again recently, recently praised the, the federal government, the Trump administration, President Trump, because they delivered what was needed to California. The ships were sent. The comfort and the mercy were sent. Comfort is now going back soon from New York. So the president did everything he could. And let's not forget how quickly he moved to shore up our economy with the $2 trillion, now $2.5 trillion stimulus package geared towards small businesses, geared toward American companies, making sure that America continues to be the strongest country in the world. So the Democrats see that, and what else are they supposed to say? Oh, he said drink bleach. No, he didn't say drink bleach. 
And if you think he said drink bleach, then you're an idiot. Yeah. And here's something else that we found out in the last 24 hours. Remember that story out of Arizona yes. that was being pushed? That, oh, these people drank, uh, you know, dr- they drank um, chloroquine, fish tank cleaner, because the president said Hy- the hydroxy- hydroxyphosphate uh, aquarium cleaner. A couple drank it because they thought the president said that's what's going to save them from the Chinese virus. Well, that's what NBC was pushing, and that's yes. what some others were pushing. By the way, Heidi Prisblatt blocked me on Twitter because I was calling her out for pushing oh. this false story. Oh, she was triggered a little bit. She was triggered. <laughs> so what's Part the latest development? What's the latest, latest development? development is that there's now a criminal investigation that the wife made the husband drink it. She put the chloroquine in his, in his drink. And guess what? He was an engineer, and his friends were saying, this guy would have never drank that. On and her, and on the purpose. woman was arrested previously Correct. for a domestic abuse. Correct. The woman was arrested. On of top him. of that... I've got so I've got it in my hand. I'm so glad you mentioned it. We're going to post it on uh, on uh, my Twitter feed, and you can repost it. Latest article from the Daily Mail. Uh, there's a group of doctors that have used for 2,333 patients. They've given them hydroxychloroquine, this drug. The president said could be a game changer. They've given it to more than 2,000 patients. 91% of whom responded positively to the use of the drug and it helped them recover from it. This is in the Daily Mail today. So th- this is this, the, these are the depths to which the left will sink. They'll say that this person died because the president mentioned a drug that shouldn't be used and the doctors are saying 90, 91%. Wouldn't you take a drug that gives you a 91% chance of surviving the coronavirus, Boris? Of course I would, especially if I were in a bad, if God forbid, I or loved one were in a bad place and they needed right, it. Right. And now there's good news coming out that Remsdivir, the Gilead drug, is also yes. responding well in testing and in, uh, uh, you know, in, in medical trials. So there's good news out there. We have to stay vigilant, of course. But what we sh- cannot do is allow for the media's obsession to defeat Donald Trump. Their obsession with bringing him down, and that same obsession by the left against the president. It is an obsession. Of course, it's totally an obsession. We cannot allow for that obsession to dim the American spirit, because that's what they're trying to do. Politico this morning was celebrating the fact that the economy had a tough first quarter. Well, guess what? The economy was shut down for all of March, and it only contracted about 1.2% for the whole first quarter. But, they're, but they were, Politico was celebrating and calling it a light appetizer ahead of a horrible feast to come. Are you kidding me using phrasing like that? It tells, it, tells you, it tells you who they are and what their agenda is. Uh, we're talking to Boris Epstein. Please, if you like this podcast, if you can't get enough of it, spread the word. Get your friends to listen and subscribe as well. And check out every week on Wednesday, Boris is on the show, America First. On America First today, we're talking about um, what's happened recently in New York, we're talking about Mayor de Blasio. We're talking about a tweet from the uh, sergeants, the police sergeants, benevolent association that was very on point. Would you would you share what happened in New York to the Jewish community and what Boris's response to what the mayor did in New York? Absolutely, I'll be happy to do so. It's it's a troubling, scary situation. Here's what happened. Uh, in, in the Orthodox Jewish, the Hasidic Jewish community, the Satmar community in Brooklyn, there was a funeral of a saintly rabbi, as they referred to him. So I'm not 
orthodox. I'm not as religious as these people are, but they, in our country, right, they have the First Amendment right to their religion. And as somebody of, of Jewish heritage and who's proud to be Jewish, as I tweeted, I'm always here to stand up for our people. And what, and what happened was there was a funeral. The funeral was actually coordinated between the community and the New York Police Department. And the mayor's office. And the mayor's office. And then it was outside, and it, it, it grew larger. Of course, the, you know, these are human beings, and they're mourning. And then the police rushed in, and then for some reason, the bobblehead idiot Bill de Blasio rushed over there because what's he, he's the top cop now. Okay, nobody war. Nobody wants Warren Wilhelm Jr. over there. Which, by the way, is Bill De Blasio's real name. Is what? You didn't know this? My no, friend? I knew. I knew De Blasio wasn't his real name. But what's his real name? His real name is Warren Wilhelm Jr. Warren Wilhelm Jr. So I don't. It sounds think, a bit Germanic to me. A little Germanic. A little okay. Germanic. And even Lachlan Marquet from the Daily Beast tweeted. You know, these statements would be even worse if they were coming from his real name, which is Warren Wilhelm Jr. So not the end of the story. Not the end of the story. The mayor rushes over there because he's in charge and he's going to break up these Jews who are meeting. Okay? He rushes over there. By the way, there were thousands of people in New York yesterday outside gathering to watch the flyovers. Right. Which was a beautiful day. Uh, The flyovers that were in appreciation of our first responders. Right. Which Which were wonderful and amazing. And full stop. The fact remains that the that they were people were gathered outside, and mayor didn't rush over to see them. He didn't rush over there, for the but he rushed over to this Jewish funeral, and then he leaves and he sends a tweet to the Jewish community and all other communities, specifically targeting the Jewish community, and then he threatened the Jewish community with being rounded up and arrested. Let me let me read this. So this is the mayor of New York, Warren Wilhelm. My message to the Jewish community and all communities is this simple. The time for warnings has passed. I have instructed the NYPD to proceed immediately to summons or even arrest those who gather in large groups. Now, let's have the facts of the matter because we can unearth the facts of the matter. This is um, from the headquarters of the Satmar Hasidic Jewish um, community. This funeral, and remember, this was a funeral, was approved and actually organized by the NYPD. The PD brought trucks, barriers, tower lights, and closed off Bedford Avenue and the surrounding area to make it possible. It was also approved by the mayor, who later backtracked and declined the approval. That's the story. And this is, this is the scary thing about the response to the coronavirus. More than 20 states are starting to reopen. But as long as we have people like de Blasio out there, aren't we seeing the left utilize this national emergency in ways that undermine all of our rights, Boris? It's disgusting. And let me tell you something. I only wish that I were at a gathering that that buffoon Bill de Blasio, Warren Wilhelm Jr. would come and try to break up, okay? <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Sounds about like that. fighting words from Boris. That's all I'm going to say about that, okay? If Big Bird wants to come out and try to harass our people, maybe he shouldn't come around, okay? I think, I think that's a bad idea. 
And, you know, it's very easy when you're out there and you're taking strolls with your wife and you've got protection. You're making oh, people you're drive being you. driven 12 miles right. to take a stroll against your own in- inclusion orders. You're breaking your own regulations because, hey, I'm the mayor. I'm the mayor. The one, he takes the cake. There have been some bad mayors in New York's history. Bill de Blasio is the worst mayor I think in you're New York right. history. And At least this, Dinkins tried. At least Mayor Dinkins exactly. tried. Exactly. Right. De Blasio is a despicable human being. And someone tweeted on Twitter that it, somebody tweeted that it never ama- stops to amaze them, never ceases to amaze them. How much Bill de Blasio does to make everyone hate him. And this is another <laughs> example. People are united yeah. now and hating de Blasio. All right. And you know what? With good reason. And right. he, it is, you know, he wants to seem like the hero. Yeah, you're a real big hero, showing up with your escort, showing up with your detail. The guns. Oh, I, yeah. I'm breaking up a bunch of Hasidic Jews who are some of the most you know what? peaceful people you've ever met. And I'll the make people, another prediction. People of God, religious people. I'll make another prediction. I think I know whose side the NYPD is going to be on. Oh, you better believe not, it. NYPD. Not, not Mayor Wilhelms. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we've already I felt, felt like four minutes. It was 40 minutes. Next time. We're going to try and go for the full hour, but it's so much fun always. Don't forget, give us a review. Go to iTunes. Go to your podcast app. Give us a review. Tell your buddies about the Battle for 1600. It is so much fun to have an extra almost hour with the Baron every week. And don't forget to listen to us every Wednesday on my daily show, America First. Final message from the Baron. Here's my final message. And it has to do with what I said. Oftentimes, and we've seen this in history, the, le- the left, communists, don't forget, the, the Nazis in Germany were the National Social Democratic yes. Party. Okay? Do not forget that often in history, the left tries to use crisis. Crisis like the Russian defeat in World War I, the decimation of Russia in World War I, the German decimation at the end of World the War I. The reparations, exactly. The reparations. Right. The left has historically tried to use crisis to take control and to demonize people. And that's exactly what Bill de Blasio is trying to do in New York. Good stories, good anecdotes, but also the historic prism. That's why we love Boris. He brought his A-game yet again. I appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Follow him right now on Twitter, at Boris EP. Check out breakfastwithboris.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is the battle for 1600. Catch you later, my friends, on America First. Thank you.